Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Soul Path Podcast. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to Emily Bronwyn Brooks. Emily is just an incredible human being. She has so much light, so much wisdom and insight to share with us. It's an excellent conversation. And I say, let's go ahead and just jump right in. We're going to dig into uh, empowerment through perspective, learning how to follow the rules of the universe, how we so we can start reprogramming life. And I just... Again, uh, I'm looking forward to sharing this conversation with you and catching up with you at the end of the conversation for a little follow-up. So please have a listen and let's let Emily shine her light. Um, actually, I lived my first seven years in Saudi Arabia, so it was a desert sunny all the time. And so I think that I programmed my my being to kind of like accept, expect that. And so when I, in the winter times up in the Northeast, I was like, this doesn't feel right to me. And it was really hard for me to do winters up there. So I am for sure a beach girl. Give me the tropical sunshine most of the time. It's our rainy season now. So it's more cloudy, but today's a beautiful day. So it's good. Anyway, great. Thanks awesome. for having me on here. Yes, I, I was going to say, I really appreciate you taking time out of your beautiful day to join me for the Soul Path podcast. Uh, really all about the spiritual journey and just kind of helping elevate the conversation, right? I love to hear people's stories about, I, I look forward to hearing about your journey. And I think great. in the sharing of that, we, you know, it's everybody's sharing wisdom. We're all trying to grow. And there's a lot of people, I think, uh, kind of seeking that path right now. And so being able to shine a little bit of light on that path about what is the spiritual journey and how, uh, how can we grow? How can we transform from the inside out? So I saw your bio, you know, spiritual shift coaching, empowerment through perspective. And I'm like, yes, this is, uh, this is so closely aligned with the mission of my heart. Oh, totally. I was like souls path podcast. I'm like, so I could have made that podcast. So up my alley. And that's part of, you know, I'm so excited to share my, my journey, um, to how I've started to create a life of, of my dreams. And I definitely struggled so much in the modern, uh, in the running two businesses up North, like little kids. Anyway, I, I definitely, I've had my, my shifting that has brought me here and it's been such a beautiful journey and it all is in my mind. It's like literally all, it's like all, all the work we have to do is in our minds and it just makes it so much more accessible. It's like, I don't need to go out there to go and retreat somewhere or go out there and get a guru. It's literally just, you have some keys, you get some basic beliefs and knowledge and rules of uh, the universe, and then just start following those rules and reprogramming your life. It's amazing. So I'm excited. Yeah, for the, jumping yeah. into that. Uh, I like just kind of opening salvo, fun icebreaker, no wrong answer. But if you could finish the sentence, life is, people are, I am. Just off the top, go. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Life is a beautiful masterpiece of creation. People are exactly where they need to be in that beautiful masterpiece of creation. And I am also where I am supposed to be in my journey. And we are all leading each other home. Beautiful. I love the presence of that. That is so, so awesome. So Emily, tell me about your journey. Can you reflect back and kind of see from where you're at now back to maybe a seed or a headwater kind of when that first spiritual quest started for you? Can you start? Well, yeah, I've been on a spiritual quest for a really long time. Um, it, it actually started, my mother passed away when I was 21 to a, a cancer. And when that happens, when you're so young, um, instead of going to, to do the traditional college route, you know, I took care of her for uh, her last year of life. And I was a blessing to, to do so and be there with her. Um, but it starts to trivialize most of the other life when you lose somebody so close to you. And, and I started asking some deep questions. My mother had, was a very spiritual person and she had really found a lot of healing in the course of miracles, but had studied Buddhism. She was a Catholic for a while. Um, she would study Hinduism and that was sort of my path as well. Um, when I dove into trying to figure out, well, where is my mom going? Like, what, what does the soul do? And so I started seeking really hard. And what I found was that in my seeking, the universe found me and I found the universe. And I started having these experience of coincidences and these just like, wow, life is magic moments of perception. And, um, that I, that really lit me on fire. Um, that was early twenties. Is there any, and, any one of those wow moments that is vivid for yes. you to remember? Yes. So I had one of my one of my uh, strongest experiences was right before. 
before or after my mom died, right around that time, I remember being at a college dorm party, you know, I was in my early twenties and all of a sudden I'm in this room with these, you know, people I'm watching TV. Now something in the TV clicked and triggered something in me. It was, it was like, it was a veil kind of opened in my brain. I don't really remember, but I was like, oh wow. Like another really deep coincidence based on my life journey. And then I started feeling this energy like in the room and it was like, like undeniable. And I don't, this, this is like the one in the, you know, <laughs> one in a few times of a lifetime experience, but I was like, oh, I gotta go. Like, this is like, this energy is crazy. I can't experience this in this party atmosphere. I have to go. And so I went, I went to my car. Um, uh, truth be told, I had totally been drinking. I had smoked some pot, but this was, I had been doing that for my whole, like a young adult life. This was not an unusual thing, but I was like, I got to drive home. And I, I had a conversation with who I considered to be like my guides or angels. And it was just, it wasn't in words. It was just energy, um, you know, uh, communication. And one of the, the, the biggest, um, messages that came through from them was, you know, you, we are happy to help you. We are here for you. We are like, we are all around you, but you need to ask us for help. We cannot come into your life and make things work for you and help you. And we'll help you with the most trivial, like SHIT, like it doesn't matter, you know, but if you're not going to ask, then we're just going to watch you try to struggle on your own with your own problems. And that was really profound. And still, I forget to ask. (laughs) In my journaling over the weekend, the one word that kept coming to me was ask, ask. And I, it's, uh, it's really goosebumps, you know, synchronicity, I suppose, you know, the universe conspiring to elevate consciousness at the, you know, at the biggest scale. And, you know, here you are sharing a story about ask, and uh, that is so key. So, I mean, yeah, that was an experience that you hadn't had before at that point in life. Like, I mean, yeah, you've had some fun, you've had some spiritual experience, but that was something different. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I felt I really was like, wow. And then I started feeling kind of presences of like what I would consider angels, or maybe it was my mom. Um, I'm not like a super perceiver or a medium or a psychic in any way, shape, or form, but I definitely feel energy. Um, uh, I'm very sensitive to energy now. And so that was my, the beginning of my journey. That's awesome. Yeah. That was, yeah. Uh, I really resonate with the feeling of energy, not uh, not being psychic. Not, I don't see auras. I don't, you know what I mean? There's a lot of things I, 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 I interview people. I talk to people that have amazing experiences that I've never had in that, in that department. And that's awesome. Uh, so I think everybody's spiritual journey and spiritual gifts and spiritual perception is unique. It's personal. And that's, what's so fascinating about it. And it's all okay. Like, you know, every, whatever your path to whatever you want to call it, whatever your path to God or the universe or to your own inner self or to like, you know, nature, whatever you want to, whatever your path is, it's great. But I just, I want people to have a path of belief and faith because it makes life so much more rich and magical and on us so much more empowered because we know how magical it is, you know? That is, yeah, we are, I mean, the magic of the moment, right? Unfolding right now it is so incredible. When we become present and grounded in kind of our own visceral somatic experience, I'm alive. I'm a magical being. I can manifest my heart's desire, my intentions yes. in the material world. That's a, that's incredible. You know, I'm a, so, and then that we have this, you know, we have this hand of providence. You know, I like to say God is good old divinity, you know, the biggest concept. So we're born craving a connection with something bigger than ourselves, right? We crave to connect with the essence of life itself. And we connect through relationship, family, tribes, community, but there's something bigger. And that's a, you know, it's a, it's an external connection, but it's an internal connection. The source of that connection comes from deep within. Um, mm. And yes. it's awesome. When we tune into that, then I find it sounds similar, you know, that there, there is the guidance. There are the life is always talking to us. Am I paying attention? Am I listening? You know, am I asking yes. for wisdom? Am I asking for guidance? Uh, yes. Help us see. You know. Uh, yes. 
I love somebody. I just was reading A Course in Miracles Made Simple. I love A Course in Miracles. It really vibes with my, like res- resonates with me. Um, but one of the most, they said one of the most powerful phrases you can say to the universe is please show me, you know, please show me how, please show me what, please show me like, you know, anything. And, and you're just, that's the bit, that's the little bit of willingness. That's the faith as small as, as a mustard seed, because it's not us that moves mountains. You know, it is like our connection and our, you know, empowerment through great spirit or whatever you want to call it. Creative intelligence. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The great Yay. mystery of life, the eternal. Yay. You know, it's kind yeah. of like the sum of everything that is, you know what I mean? Like I just, it's so uh, awesome. Uh, so on your journey from the, you know, from that super rich experience, did you feel like you were more in sync with, the guidance with the little signs, little signals, like turn here, go there. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a subtle thing, but it's a, it's a, it's like a walking with, you know, you could say walking with God or just walking with an awareness of the divine presence in life every moment throughout the day. Right. Yeah. And I I think that it does take my consciousness. It's really, what I've noticed is it's really easy to fall asleep again. Maybe not as we've practiced conscious awareness and conscious connection, but Life has a way of sweeping us up into the minutiae, you know, sweeping us up into the to-do list, sweeping us into this cap, like the, the programming from society that we don't even realize we still hold on to and which we still limit ourselves through. Like, you know, oh, accomplishments. What am I accomplishing? And oh, where's my titles and my degrees? And like, how much have I uh, uh, accomplished in this life? And there's a lot of outward, like pushing and doing, which takes us away from like the being and the connection of our inner guidance. And so I have fallen asleep again, many more times along my journey. Um, and then I've had awakenings many more times along my journey. And um, yeah, one, my, my, one of my, I'm so grateful for those journeys into darkness because it is the, our journeys into darkness, which are inspirations for other people who are living that same life. And that's my favorite part of my story. It's just the kind of the darkness area that I was in like five or six years ago up in Vermont, um, you know, running two businesses, not having enough money. We had a startup going as well that wasn't working. And I had two little kids. I was overwhelmed. Uh, and I was really in a victim mindset and mentality for years about, I never even wanted kids. Like, I don't, how, why am I doing all the work? And like, I, I, I had really, like I was supporting my husband in his dream and I still do. And I know like he's destined for his dream, but I was really resentful over doing all of this work. And, um, and it really took me shifting out of my, um, victim mindset with the law of attraction, which opened up my life. She started creating a life that I really loved. And, and the escape from that life was amazingly easy after about a year of changing my mind uh, in the moment of bringing it back to gratitude at focusing on what I want of dreaming and knowing that dream was mine in the future. And I can just relax because, Oh, I know it's really hard right now, but it's okay. I'm going to be living in a Spanish speaking country surfing all the time. soon. <laughs> and so, and then, and then it is, you know what I mean? So yeah, <laughs> that's my favorite part of the journey is our journeys into the darkness and we're sleeping and then, Oh my gosh, I forgot. Of course I create my own reality. And like, all is well. And it's just, it starts with me and my own mind. And yeah, there's so much out there to, to, um, teach people so that they can use it to, um, quantum leap themselves into their, into their passion and purpose. I'm super passionate about that. Absolutely. Yeah. And it is, it is such a, you know, you use the word awakening, but it's, it is, it's a, it's an awakening. And then it's a perpetual awakening. You know what I mean? We wake up, we fall back asleep. We, we walk around the light of day and then we crawl around in the darkness and it goes through this cycle. I've, yeah. I've, uh, I've seen, you know, kind of this trend going where it's like, yes, I want to, you know, open my third eye, you know, align my chakras and, you know, exude spiritual gifts in the world. That's an awesome goal. And you, you may experience that in your path, go for it. But what, here's mm, my opinion, <laughs> you know, <laughs> on it is that there are pink mountaintop experiences but then we are human and so we come back into the moment to moment of life and in that moment to moment of life we have the opportunity to exercise uh elevated spiritual awareness we have the exercise yep. the gifts that come with that yep. however 
uh, it's it's not a once and done experience. Um, and that's the that's the beauty of the soul path to me is that it's a lifelong journey. And having that honest self-assessment, that humility to accept the gift of life as it is, which is kind of the culmination of all of my personal choices and complete random chaos, right? It's like, <laughs> there's life, you know, and it's magical. You know, what's my perspective? How am I framing it? How am I relating to this experience? And yeah. if I'm relating to it purely from this mental place of, uh, you know, I'm holding on to expectations or, you know, judgment and this kind of stuff, then I'm, I'm setting myself up to experience kind of the dark side of life, the, the unnecessary pain and suffering. The lesson being to let go, to lose the illusion, to live in the light that's already there. We are already always connected. If we're not connected, we're simply stuck up in the head, you know? So yeah. the question it's like, where's my awareness? That's the question I ask myself a lot. Uh, so tell me about, uh, I, this is just awesome. How, you know, spiritual shift and empowering through perspective, mm -hmm. uh, can you t explain that or describe that to me, that shift and that, you know, experience? Well, well, you just kind of did. Um, I was going to actually say that that's what you were saying about how am I perceiving what's happening to me in my life? OK, am I holding on? Am I like attached to this going a certain way? Am I how how am I experiencing the situation of life right now. This is the empowerment of mindset. Okay. And it, and it doesn't even have to be in a spirit, a spiritual sense at all. You know, all of these, the great leaders like Tony Robbins, you know, Wayne Dyer, like all of the great spiritual teachers, Brendan Bouchard, all of these great teachers out there will tell you that mindset is everything. Okay. And from this point of mindset, we can either empower ourselves to shift and change easily into uh, our future selves, or we can disempower ourselves and stay stuck. Okay. And it is in this moment now that we make the decision. I can simplify it. And maybe this is too simplified, but every moment we're taking, making the decision of love or fear and all of the um, emotions or the experiences off of those. So Am I in appreciation and gratitude for what I have in my life? Even maybe if there's things I want that I don't have, or am I just focusing on the things that I don't have and feeling unsatisfied? Now, we, we know that our frequency and, uh, and our uh, energy will create our future experiences because everything in the world is energy. I've been loving the, in, the, con, uh, the, con, the convergence of science and spirituality in the quantum mechanics world, which and Joe Dispenza. Um, doing all the science behind the brain scans. This is not like some woo-woo stuff anymore, even though people like we've been saying this for hundreds of years, but now we're being able to prove that in this moment now, this is our creating moment and it is your mindset, which will determine your path. Okay. So when I was stuck in my victim mentality, when I was blaming my husband and blaming, you know, God pretty much for, you know, giving me all this and I don't have enough. And I was stuck. I was stuck to keep experiencing that over and over and over again. And that is what I consider hell on earth. Like, I don't believe that we, there's not like a, you go to hell, you go to heaven. No, no, no. It's either, it's now. We can live in hell of our own making, or we can live in a heaven of our own making. And that's the power of mindset. Yes. yes. If that, I mean, there's so much more to say about it. Uh, but I, I love it. You got me. I'm laying it down. This is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we are really into empowering people to wake them up to the fact that in this now moment, first of all, actually the primary there is a, a premise that um, it kind of go, go breaks down like this. You have to believe that the universe loves you. God loves you. The nature of order loves you, or maybe your higher self loves you. You have to know that you are loved and supported. So you are supported. God, the universe supports you and they have your back. You know, you're protected. You're safe. You're a child of the most great. There's nothing to fear. We are here for you. And you have to believe that every experience that you are having is bringing you to your next best and higher self, is bringing you to your purpose. And this goes for healing traumas. This goes for healing, you know, like anything we experience in life, which is, I'm, I know there are darknesses and it makes me cry to know the suffering in this world. But I also know 
that those people who have um, experienced the most suffering can be the most empowered to change the world, to be a help to other people in the same situation, to be a voice of light in the darkness. And so if we can shift into knowing that this is, I can do something with this. We like, we are perfectly on path, but the quicker that we get to where we're supposed to go has to do like, it's based on mindset. It's based on focusing your energy and your frequency on a little bit of gratitude and appreciation, maybe like, um, dream. I love dreaming my future reality script your life. Know that you're powerful enough to do so and create a life that you love just by dreaming it and feeling it and know that it's yours in the future. That's also a gateway to get there. It's amazing. It is. It is. It's, uh, it's, it is truly profound. And I, you know, you say it's simple. It is. It's simply a profound. I think it was Leonardo da Vinci that said, uh, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. You know, it has to be something because there are so many moving parts, right? Yeah. Life is complex. We can get down to the simple and the underlying, and we should, because that's where we can navigate. You know, we can create the internal alignment, embody the moment and, and move sensitive to kind of the divine flow of life. Yeah. But when we get caught up in the mental, you know, we make it super duper complex. And so coming back, like you've said, coming back to getting grounded in gratitude. Like, you know, like right here, right now, we're alive. And as long as I'm alive, I can feel my heartbeat. When's the last time I took time to pause and appreciate my own body, my own presence, the power within me? You know, how am I using that to manifest and shine light in the light in life? And the cycle, you know, of going back to our own patterns, it's it's almost subconscious a lot of times, right? We deal with subconscious inertia. And so we end up in these patterns. I call it the cycle of self-induced suffering. You know, it's like, I've learned that lesson, but I yeah. forgot. Or yeah. I learned the lesson and I pretend that I don't remember, but I'm still going to keep doing these things, even though I know Learn it's not. Again. Yeah. It's like, why? Why do we do that? You know? Well, there's a lot of reasons. And the, and the science says, you know, like, uh, like the spends that you were talking about neuroplasticity. We talk about uh, biochemical homeostasis. So we can become addicted to emotions. We can become addicted to an internal uh, state of being that is incongruent with high vibe, right? If if life was full of trauma and, and the path was dark and bumpy and we haven't gone through the process of healing, there's a lot of stuff in there that's kind of pulling us down, pulling us down. And until we do the inner work, until we go through that process of kind of figuring it out, cleaning up a little bit on the insider, or a lot of it is letting go. You know, for me, it was uh, surrender and acceptance. You know, like uh, in the yoga sutras, you know, it's a self-discipline, self-study, uh, yeah, passion, self-discipline, self-study and surrender to God. These are the heart of a yogi. And I'm like, passion. Yes. You know, uh, self-discipline, self-study. I'm all over it. You know, surrender to God. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> you know, I was uh, it was an interesting spot in my personal spiritual journey that when I encountered that, I, what is this surrender to God? It had kept popping up for me in uh, unexpected ways. And I didn't, I had a lot of rebellion in me against kind of God concepts and religion and dogma. And so this whole idea of surrendering to God is something I had kind of tackled and wrestled with early in my life and kind of went through both phases, like all in and full rejection. And then you know, fast forward 20 years and now I'm being presented with the opportunity to surrender to God again. Well, what the heck does that mean? So let me just pitch it to you. I'm curious, you know, when you hear the word surrender or even in like in the sutras, surrender to God, you know, what, what does that trigger for you? What comes up for you? Again, for me, I don't get triggered by, I never went to church. I never, uh, I was never a religious family. And so I don't get triggered by the same God words. I love taking the word God back. He's not a man in the sky. <laughs> like right. that's not who I'm talking about. He's not like condemning. So actually surrender has been also one of my major, my major practices in my spiritual, um, uh, it, it brings to mind this, um, this sculpture I did when I was in college, a clay sculpture um, of a big hand coming from the ocean. And I, I just imagined that hand of, that's the hand of God. And, um, 
like we are always in within the hand of God. We are always within the hand of grace. And when we surrender, and you can call it going with the flow, like surrendering to this, the, the, the path of least resistance, you know, the stream of consciousness, life can be relatively easy. But as we get caught up in our own brains and our own egos into our attachments um, and we have our traumas and that some of our traumas are generational. Some of them, you know, sometimes we're healing our lineage, you know, so some, I'm not saying this is easy work. This isn't even only about us. This is about all of our ancestors before and after us. And this is the work we have to do. Surrender is so important because it releases resistance. Okay. And when we talk about, um, you know, creating through our frequency and vibration, it's resistance that will keep that from happening. So when people try practice law of attraction, say, um, it's so easy to come across resistance when you're creating your own reality and you are manifesting things. People always are like, why isn't this working for me? Why isn't this working for me? And we'll go in and, I, and I'll say, uh, we, we might be doing meditation um, and I'll say, okay, they're like, well, I want like, you know, I keep saying I want like a million dollars in my bank account. How come this isn't working? And I'm like, do you have resistance to that idea? And they're like, well, yeah, I think that's kind of impossible. I'm like, you can't have it. Then. <laughs> and also there's, all, there's, it's so complicated and intricate, but it's so simple. So like surrender releases resistance. That's why in meditation, that's what, you know, Abraham Hicks will say, just get back to meditation. You'll reset your, your momentum, you know? And so you reset it. You can start again and get the positive momentum going um, because momentum is the thing. And I wanted to talk about, it's easy for me. I've been in, I've been practicing, you know, on and off for 20 years, spiritual mindset. Some people don't even know what this is. So this is like a long journey uh, for some, but it's so worth it. And the more that we can ask for help and then surrender and let it go. That's the key for having life come in and help you with your life. Like I always give all, like everyone's like, your life is so amazing. You're so amazing. I'm like, it's all God. It's all to God. Like I don't do anything. I can't succeed on my own. All of my success has to do with oneness and the divine intelligence inside me. Like I am, I am just like a, whatever it's called a, uh, something it's coming through me. Yeah. So, so surrender is and surrender to the flow of life is such a huge concept, letting it go, you know, and that's healing. Forgiveness is in part letting it go. You have to let it go and forgive it. And like, Oh, so juicy. Yeah. I am just letting that set because it hits home to your words uh, to reclaim the name of God, right. To say, to be able to say, I love God. I, I am so profoundly grateful for the grace of God. I walk with God. I commune with God. I talk with God, you know, all of that. And I don't mean I go to church. I don't, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not that it's a, it's a very specific personal thing for me. And I think it's a very specific personal thing for everybody, but we need to have that and create that. And if for some people that's, it falls into a traditional line, a lineage, that's okay to honor that. You know, if it falls into a, a full on, you know, as far out there, uh, you know, in the woo category, great, go for it. That's your personal expression. What we need is the connection. And in that honoring it, honoring that connection, that need in our human heart, you know, our soul craves that connection. And without that, we lack the nourishing, the nourishment to grow, right? We cannot grow spiritually without that presence of God in our life, in our hearts. And so surrender uh, is is for me, a big part of it is surrendering my mind because I have a very active mind. I want to understand everything and make sense and label it, and put it in a nice, neat little category. Well, not everything fits really well like that. So surrender for me is, is letting go. It's submitting my mind to my heart, letting spirit be the master, letting the mind be the slaving. So can I use my mind? Can I, can I use the spirit within me that by the grace of God, you know, ask, you know, how can I use this gray matter or this tool for the most good? You know, one of my mantras for over the last year, my mantra was guide me, God, speak to my heart, open my mind, shine in my dark over and guide me, God, speak to my heart, open my mind, shine in my dark. And that was something that I needed because there was so much tumult and uh, a lot of moving parts. It was like, 
life was definitely moving me in a direction that I had not anticipated. I've relocated twice in the last 18 months uh, and in a big moves, big, big moves. And so and this is moving my, my wife and my daughter. You know, there's a lot going on, a lot of moving parts. And I'm trying to trust or I needed to trust, you know, in the moment, I'm trying to trust that everything is going to unfold. But you're you're stepping into the unknown. It's like you can't see past the corner in the road. But I feel in my heart, you know, the intuition, the nudge. I like to say that faith is following an intuitive, trusting heart. You know, yeah. follow that intuition, trust the guidance. If it's a little, if it's something as simple as a little bird flitters in and sits on my windowsill, right. When I'm asking, you know, like if I'm asking a question, Hey God, Hey universe, Hey life, you know, what, what do I need to be picking up here? And that little bird lands there. And in that moment, there's just some kind of connection. You know, that bird could be speaking to me. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's wisdom and uh, magic in every moment. And if I can remind myself of that, everything works out fabulously. You know, it's good and getting better, better than expected. That's one of my, uh, my mental mantras. But well, what you just, you just brought up for me though, that, that it's, uh, you just brought up the power of faith and the power of belief. And that's been a, that's been a recent theme. Um, everything we're talking about, it doesn't work without that power of faith and belief. You, we, if, you know, I have, friends in my life who are seriously connected to God, but yet sometimes they live in fear. And I say, you cannot live in perfect faith and perfect fear at the same time. Who are you choosing? Which is your master? You know, the first, the first step is developing our faith of belief. And I like to tell people, test it, like ask for help, just try it. Like, what do you have to lose? And then as we build up our power of faith and belief, that is our power because it's through our belief that we create miracles. You know, it's through our knowing and our like, that is our, um, the turning on of our power is like being able to walk blindly in the dark and know that we're going to be protected. Yeah. And actually one of my recent awakenings was literally me doing that. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> I was going to ask if you had a story that you could share about, uh, about a moment of faith where you were in that and it was a very deliberate and decisive faith. I'm going this way because I'm following that. Tell me. I'd love well, actually, this is more of a physical experience. This is my most recent awakening. Uh, last, I had a, it was actually right around the time. I think a lot of people had downloads and upgrades of their codes, like codes coming in, Pleiadian light beings. I don't know. Honestly, I love all this stuff. I am not an expert on all of the, you know, Pleiadian light beings. I don't know, but I, I was upgraded last June. Um, after struggling a lot with watching the world unfold as it was and seeing past what the TV was talking about and seeing a, just seeing very clearly what was going on. And it was really hard for me to let the world unfold as it was. I wanted to stand up and be like, what about the starving people, you know, in the, uh, like already living in the, I was just worried about everybody when we shut down the economy, knowing that how many people that impacts negatively, how many people would die due to starvation more than already do. So I was I'm a very hard center person and I was struggling with the world and I was like, Oh, why is this happening? And I wanted to yell at people, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. And I, I, <laughs> was grateful. I'm so grateful last June to have had a download where I saw it all unfolding perfectly. Uh, and this is perfect. You have to trust the process. It's not all peaches and roses, but it's, but it's all necessary to get to our next evolution, to get to our next future selves. And I was, um, I was actually walking the beach in Costa Rica at night, uh, lightning storm, cloudy, couldn't see anything. And it was essentially me walking in the dark. There's sticks, there's stones, there's branches. But I asked, I said, please guide my path because I, I had to take this time walking and commuting with my divine. And um, I, I just was, I was just perfectly supported. I did not step on one rock. I didn't trip on a branch. I couldn't see except for occasional shots of lightning. I could see the path ahead of me. Like those are our moments of clarity, right? Like moment of clarity. Oh, I see my path. And then the darkness falls again and you have to trust your path through the darkness. Wow. I love the lightning analogy. Uh, I had, when I came to grips actually with surrender, because I really had to chew on that one for a while. I was sitting, staring at a fire and thinking about it. And what does it mean? Surrender to God. You know, I was really chewing on this in my journey and all at once, like a bolt of lightning, 
boom, it was, you know, it shot, bam, 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 just as fast as lightning out and back. It was all of the events in my life that were, I would say, sustained by grace or every moment in my life wherein I might have been doing everything wrong and trying to muck it all up, you know, trying to force my own way. But there was grace that carried me through. And that was through significant, you know, terrible car wrecks. That was through self-destruction. That was through a lot of things like that, a lot of pain. Uh, I was acting like a wounded animal coming out of pain. And so all of, anyway, what I, what I found in that moment was uh, deep, deep gratitude, tears of gratitude, sobbing, like, wow, it wasn't me. It wasn't my mind, my ambition, my, my body, my strength that pulled me through that. It was nothing other than the spirit within me. It was divine grace. That is why there was a purpose for the spirit within me to manifest still. That was not, you know, my purpose in life was not to die on the pavement that day. It wasn't to self-destruct over the next 10 years. It was to come to another place in life where I could shine light and I could see, and I had to go through the darkness. I had to go through the forest to be able to be here because it keeps it keeps me grounded in that gratitude. It keeps me real, right? And oh my gosh, it does. Yeah, that would break. Yeah, I, I I posted recently on one of my most recent posts um, a, a favorite quote of mine that is similar, and I wish I had it with me because it's so beautiful. But it goes something like this: It's like how I have been supported through all of my stupors and failings is a miracle to me, and I can attest it only to the hand of grace which carries us all. My life is a course in miracles and so is yours. And it's so true. It takes off the pressure, that pressure of it has to be me to fix myself. I have to succeed. I have to do things. I can't do anything with, without God. I love in Costa Rica, they have, there's such a people of faith down here. I believe that's why their, their spirits are more happy and free. I see a lot more pain and suffering and darkness in generally people in the United States than I do in poor Latin American countries in which there's more of a reliance on God because maybe there's not as much resources, you know, and we're not fooling ourselves that we're, we're, we're protecting ourselves and saving ourselves. But, you know, when you ask somebody, Como estas? how are you? Lots of people say, ah, muy bien, gracias a Dios. Thank you to God. I am well. And so that's also like in... I love that. I say that. I'm like, muy bien, gracias a Dios. You know, <laughs> thanks to God, I am well. And that's surrendering my life. And I surrendered my life a long time ago to God. And it has, I live a blessed life because of it. Let's, uh, you surf. Were you surfing this morning? Awesome. I wasn't because, no, I wasn't. I was going to surf, but we had a family uh, issue. I, I hurt myself last Thursday. I got caught in the white water under, on some rocks. And so I feel tomorrow's my day. The surf is definitely like two to three feet overhead. I'm still going, but I'm glad I want, I need my knees to be good. I think tomorrow will be the day that I go. I love surfing. It's a passion. So I lived in Hawaii for five years and got the surf uh, and was really just getting into it and enjoying it. And then I went through three surgeries on my ankle, which kind of kept me off the board for uh, the rest of my time in Hawaii. But I love surfing as an analogy because it's like being, you know, life comes in waves, right? There's a, there's a wave and am I on it? Am I getting Picked and tossed on it because my timing was off or because I'm fighting, I'm resisting. Oh, I want to go this way, but the water's going that way. You know what I mean? Uh, can just, yes, I would love to hear your, uh, how does oh surfing uh, as a spiritual metaphor in some way? So okay. You just said, I'm like, ah, there's so many spiritual metaphors in surfing. You could take it any direction. And every time I go in the water, I learn a life lesson. I swear just through an, the analogy of it. Um, one of my favorites is that in through intuition, like just losing my mind and being in the moment, I'm a better surfer. I don't think about it because I've done it enough that my body knows what to do. In fact, I actually visualize I, when I sometimes when I practice and I'll do that today because I'm reminding myself, I practice in my head surfing because as we've been shown, um, some, our brain doesn't know the difference between like what we're visualizing and dreaming and actual reality. When I practice in my head, I'm also a better surfer. But when I let it go to flow, I do not, I'm not thinking, I'm just doing and I'm in the flow of the water and intuition. I don't even remember like how I get up on waves and I'm up and down. It just is. And they're the most beautiful waves. But 
as soon as the doubt start creeping in, as soon as the like, oh, this is the waves aren't really good and I'm not really sure and I don't feel very comfortable, then the, the, the restriction of the flow is um, palpable. Um, and so surfing, one of the primary surfing analogies is that like literally going with the flow and following your intuition, releasing your mind will put you into the flow of life on your path of least resistance to where you want to go. Um, but there's been so many. I have another surfing analogy. Like I just wrote on one of my recent posts, a surfing analogy of having like the highs and the lows of life can be one wave away. Does, does it mean that if we have a really shitty, excuse my language, really crappy wave that we're going to stop surfing or we're going to just boo-hoo about that wave? No, I, like last Thursday, I had an amazing wave, you know, with pro surfers. I got complimented by one of the best surfers in the country out there. Great wave, you did it. I felt it and I was like, like on a high of life. And then two waves later, I didn't even catch a third wave and I'm caught in the white water. And I, I got the, the, the wind knocked out of me twice by hitting, being hit in the white water, tumbling and tumbling and tumbling under the water, like no breath, like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I had actually prayed to my, cause it was a big day for me. And so I prayed to my guys. I was like, please protect me. And so I knew that I was going to be okay. It's not my time to die. Uh, but it was scary. And then I got washed up on the rocks. I got two bloody knees and a bloody toe. And uh, I was panting coming out of water. (gasps) I just laid on the beach in just gratitude that I was alive. And yet I learned more in that, that moment of, of being what I felt like was 10 seconds from death than I did on my great wave. Okay. My lesson was, and this is surfing related. I got it practice my duck diving, even if I can't get under the water, even if it pulls me back. But if I'm holding onto my board, I'll be closer to the top of the water and I won't get stuck down. That's very dangerous to get stuck down there. And those kind of bigger waves and uh, where I was surfing. And so that was a super learning experience. And it was also thrilling. <laughs> and so we love to categorize life in good and bad in successes and failures. But like, it's all good. You know, it all works for our evolution, the joys and the pains. Oh my God, they're equally necessary. So we can release judgment about how good we're going to surf that day or how good we're going to ride white life. Some days we are not functioning great. Some days we might need to lie in bed for the day. Some days we might need to call it to work. Some days we're, we're not a great mother. Some days we're not a great wife. Okay. But these are learning experiences. If we can forgive ourselves, give ourselves the self-love of, of having that space of learning. And then from there, move forward. And that's the beauty of like the good and the bad. It's beautiful. It's all beautiful. Yeah. I love, <laughs> the, I love the analogy that the difference between being a high and a low is just one wave away. Uh, one wave away. One wave away. Yeah. That's um, so, so true. And coincidentally, when I, we lived actually in Washington before, and we, I spent the last six years in Idaho. And when we moved from Washington, I sold my yoga studio, and it was like giving away my child. It was like ripping my heart out. It was so hard to, to leave that community, you know? And uh, so in that, one of, uh, one of the students had given me a picture of a surfer on a wave that was just getting pitched, you know what I mean? Like way off the wave. And she said, uh, you know, every master falls and gets back up or, you know, that was her quote on the picture, but I saw that and I saw me and it was just this, the capitulation of life. I didn't see that coming. I, you know, but it just tossed me. And yes, I probably got pummeled. I had to go through a lot of letting go of attachment to the studio attachment to the label, to the role, to the expectations that came with it. Uh, but ultimately I was able to, it freed me to catch the next wave right? Like there's, everything's transient. Everything is fluid. If I'm so caught up in, and well, I wish I would have rode that wave better then I missed a chance to ride the next wave. You know what I mean? Like there's always another wave and maybe I just need to duck dive. Maybe I just need to set this wave out, let the swell come under and just feel like get back in sync with the water again, get back with in sync with my own rhythm and my own life again. And so that I'm in position, I'm not I'm not paddling out. I see a big wave and then, oh yeah, I'm going to try to catch that wave. Like, no, no, no. I've, I'm there. I'm riding it. Now's the time. Now I'm going to kick that wave, you know? And uh, anyway, yeah. That's, I, I, that's so, that's so applicable because I'm not one to, 
paddle back out. I'm already out of breath. Every time I try for it to be greedy and be like, oh, there's another wave. I want that one too. I always fail. <laughs> I'm not saying that's always going to be the case. As I get better, as I get to be more of a pro, I'll be able to paddle out, grab, paddle out, grab, paddle out, grab. But I also need to be in tune. I have to be know and have belief that I can make it. You know, I, there's resistance to that belief that I can just paddle right back out and grab another wave. And so I have to like, when they're big, I have to know that like, I got this. I'm centered. I'm one with the water as Bruce mm-hmm. Lee says, be one, be the water. <laughs> I am the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> you are. And the surfboard and the surfer. That's and the it. bird. <laughs> oh, awesome. Beautiful. You had mentioned uh, the word evolution came up and I, I was thinking about, I think about uh, the spiritual journey as an ascension, right? We're going through this process of ascending toward peak personal experience in this lifetime, right? So the more I grow spiritually in this lifetime, the, uh, the higher level of experience I get to enjoy. And that, that may manifest as, uh, you know, wild abundance and freedom and fabulous lifestyle that may it, for other people, it may manifest as more of a, you know, kind of esoteric, uh, I'm going to go crawl off in a cave kind of peak spiritual uh, experience in that sense. I'm curious, uh, I get excited about the idea of self-directed evolution, right? Soul-directed evolution, al- allowing my heart, my soul to guide me, allowing divine guidance to, to cultivate personal growth or spiritual growth. I'm curious how. Uh, how you see soul evolution, you know, on the spiritual journey, you know, our bodies grow and wither, right? And your journey started with contemplating, well, what, you know, in the passing of a loved one, what, what comes next, uh, in, in your perspective, in your experience, and you think about the over the, the long-term arc of the spiritual journey, what, what, what's your thoughts on spiritual evolution? So. I, I mean, I don't know, but my, my theory is that the soul doesn't need to evolve. <laughs> okay. The soul is perfect, complete, unified, one, everything needs to do nothing. There needs to be no evolution of the soul. The soul you have is perfect, whole, complete. It needs nothing more. But I believe it's an evolution of consciousness that's required as our soul has been shifted into a density of our body as we raise our frequency of our bodies. That's the evolution of our bodies, you know, our, as our frequency raise, rises and our bodies are evolved. Um, but it's a consciousness evolution that's required. It is a, it is like you said, it is a yoking of the mind and the heart. It is, you know, great, you know, using the mind in, um, in the direction of the heart, you know what I mean? And, and that is the evolution I see humanity coming to is what exactly what we're talking about. It's just, it's just an evolution of consciousness. It's not, the soul is already a perfect, whole, complete. It's just, it's just having fun. You know, God is just experiencing itself through us, having right. all these different experiences so that, you know, we can really appreciate all the splendor that we really are. So that's, that's my opinion. Beautiful. I love it. Yeah. That's, uh, that's when I think of the soul, I think of, you know, the seed of pure energetic awareness, you know, that seed of divinity that is whole and complete, just as you said. And that seed of divinity already has everything, already has all the infinite wisdom, the infinite knowledge, the infinite potential, the infinite resources to manifest heart's desire. And then there's the layer of consciousness, layers of consciousness. And that is uh, maybe the evolution is kind of a nonlinear integration of our own consciousness right because our body consciousness our mind consciousness and then even our spiritual consciousness you know sure. like it's it's a it's a interesting it's increasingly subtle right the the deeper we go inside i find the increasingly subtle at some point we cannot just put a finger on it. At some point, we can't even stick a label on it, right? At some point, the experience is so real, it transcends uh, cerebral comprehension, right? It transcends, my, my mind is left behind, right? My soul is on a journey. It's out there experiencing things that my mind can't begin to grab a hold of. And so if I'm 
bringing my mind with me and trying to hold on and trying to identify and trying to, you know, all this stuff that that's an internal attachment that prohibits me from experiencing the, I would say divine spiritual experience. I'm going to try to see if I can phrase that a little bit different. Uh, I was on a mountaintop having a deep meditation and I was young in life and I was a little bit afraid. I was, uh, I was at a point where I had been meditating for years and I was feeling like, you know, okay, I'm not my body. I'm not my mind. I'm observing all of this. If I could turn the mirror of my mind and observe the observer, if I could witness the witness, right. Uh, then I would be there. That would, that was the, that was my goal. That was my peak. And so, but I wasn't sure if when I did that, maybe I would just like poof into spiritual dust or disappear or like transcend into another plane or something. Right. Like, I mean, there's, there's stories of that kind of stuff happening. So I was like, I don't know. So I tell my buddy, I said, Hey, I want you to come with me up this mountain back, back up here. And I'm just going to, I need to meditate and have my own time, but I just want somebody to be there with me, like there with me, but not talking to me, but there. And uh, so he came there with me. Anyway, uh, I was in my meditation, having uh, a deep meditative experience and a transcendental meditative experience. One that I think fundamentally changed. It altered my consciousness. It altered the way that I saw life. It was one of those experiences that you can't undo. You can't not live that, right? Uh, but in that moment, as I was in what could only be described as a metaphysical place, you know, someplace other than in my own body at the moment, seeing like the ocean, the ripple and shimmer of all energetic presence, being there and realizing, wow, I could, uh, you know, be anywhere at any point in time. It's all malleable, right? Like time and space and energy is all just one. And I'm part of that. And I can place my consciousness wherever in this. So, but in that moment, the thought occurred to me, like it just came to mind. I wanted to reach out and touch what I was experiencing. And it's the second that I wanted to reach out and touch what I was experiencing. Boom. I was there sitting on top of the hill with my hand reached out. And I'm like, Oh, Oh shit. You know, it was like, oh, 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 oh. You know? <laughs> I broke the connection, right? Like I was right back into my physical experience of life. And that was, uh, that was a real trip for me. I played around with trying to go back to that place uh, for a couple of years, kind of half-heartedly, but life, I was young and life was moving fast at that point. And, you know, I just as soon go party as I would go, you know, meditate. But that experience, uh, the transcendental experience that people talk about, samadhi and yoga, zen, uh, rapture bliss, you know, is this... Is this the height of spiritual experience? And this is a question I ask myself. I'm framing a question for you here. Uh, I used to think that it was. And I have friends that are, are monks or that they've committed themselves to a very austere path. Uh, they're, they're foregoing worldly comfort and pleasure because they're really seeking strongly spiritual ascension. They want to achieve that peak spiritual state. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you want to achieve that, but what's going to happen next, right? What's going to happen next is you're going to wake back up the next day, have to get up, go to the bathroom, you know, engage nature. Like you're going to come back to being human. I think that's my understanding of it. Uh, how within that context, how would you describe, you know, spiritual ascension or, or that peak human expression or what does that mean to you i guess how would you describe it how do you see it so i think that question can be taken and answered many ways but i'll just take it the way i i see it um first i will tell you that i am one to enjoy all of life i really do i love like spiritual i love to a party i love like you know, I love all experiences of life and I, I'm not one to be a monk to deny physical life because I think it's a gift and I really enjoy having the fun with it. Um, that being said, the peak spiritual experience of life is, um, I would say I 
gosh, I'm curious how much better it's going to get <laughs> because I, uh, when I'm feeling on my high flying disc in gratitude, in full knowing of the empowerment of my soul, in knowing how powerful I am to manifest what I want, to create this happy dream, to be in just pure, like, you know, gratitude with people having pure connections with like other people. Um, that's my peak experience. See, I'm not a deep meditator yet. I know that I will get there. My husband's a deep meditator and he's had some really, you know, beautifully deep meditations where he's a little bit more careful. He's more clairvoyant than I am. has these visions and knowings where I, I don't. And, but his, his meditation experiences are powerful to the point where his, our, our not yet gestated future daughter had <laughs> like came to him and was like, you need to want me. And like, I'm here, like, you know, you're going to, we're going to like, this is going to happen. And it was like super powerful. Um, but those, well, we're here on earth, you know, like the soul has plenty of opportunities, I think, to be yoked with the divine, to be oneness, to lose its personal independent posture. When we're talking about these peak experiences, we're talking about a loss of individuality. We're talking about a oneness with all that is. I like Emily. I'm like having a grand time being me. And I know that I, my life is short. I don't know when I'm going to die, but I'm not taking it for granted. So I'm going to enjoy being me and I'm going to take the peak spiritual experiences as Emily, as being an awakened being of consciousness, spreading light, love, connecting with people, giving love, lifting people up. That's my peak spiritual experience body. And I don't really need to go to the heavens and yoke with the divine because I know that's inevitable. I'm enjoying my life. <laughs> Uh, that is so super awesome. Uh, and I just, I'm looking at the time. I realize that we're up against the clock. I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, so if we need to cut it hard and fast, we can. If you've got a few more minutes, we'll go. We'll... Yeah, I've got whenever you, you're, you're the man, awesome. you go. <laughs> yeah, well, I, that just so, uh, again, just, you know, resonates with my heart. That, that is it. You know, what, what happened with Buddha? You know, Buddha went and achieved, I mean, he went through all this path all the austerity, all of the things. And then he got enlightened. And then what? He came back and taught the village, right? Like same with Jesus, right? Jesus, the story of Jesus, you know, he goes through all the suffering and then he ascends and then he comes back and he's talking and he's teaching the village, right? So what is this obsession with the peak spiritual experience being out there? And someday we have to be, you know, we have to be austere and go through all this stuff. What ultimately happens is we, the coming back to and embracing, embodying our humanity. This is the gift. And the peak spiritual experience in my, uh, in my perspective is embodying the moment. It is right now. This is where I get to embody divine presence. This is where I get to express and connect with God now, you know, and that's, that's so exciting. That's the fire, you know, uh, that's what people. Top wood, top wood, carry water. It just brings me like what after enlightenment, top wood, carry water. You're still you, you're still doing your things, you know, you're yeah. bringing it back into your world yeah yeah so in teaching people uh as a you know as a coach teaching people empowerment through perspective uh what what is the kind of the core principle or perspective when you're helping somebody empower somebody by shifting or shaping their perspective what how does that align can you can you explain that to me a little bit sure and we we kind of talked about it let me let me know if you have a deeper question but so Usually we're caught up in judgment about our lives and our situation. Um, you know, judgment about other people, um, judgment about the way things are going. Within that judgment, there's a prison of our own making in which we are stuck. Um, okay. So, uh, this, it is, it, this is why I coach it because this is definitely a, this is definitely like a journey. But let's say our first, our first module for our, for our coaching program is from victim to victor, okay? You have to be able to take and willing to take 100% responsibility of your life and know that you are empowered only when you take 100% responsibility of your life. And what that means is that you can no longer blame or judge the world or anyone in it. Like it's all you. So that's hard. Yeah. Do you know how hard that is for people not to blame the husband? Trust me, I was there. The government, trust me, I was there. The political party you hate, Trust me, I was there. You know, the person who believes opposite from you, 
oh my gosh, I know, I know. But as soon as we judge them as being an enemy or a villain rather than a teacher or an aid to getting us to where we need to go next, you're stuck in, the, in a victim mindset, in a negative mentality, in a disempowered state. In order to be empowered by your mindset, you have to be able to take 100% responsibility for your results in your life, for what you are currently manifesting, because we manifest consciously or unconsciously. We are going to be doing the same thing over and over and over again, because we're manifesting the same experience, or we're going to rocket ship out of that experience into another experience that more closely aligns with our soul's passion and purpose. And it begins with that in that moment, what am I doing and how am I perceiving the experience in my life? So even if when I stuck in, I, my life was chaos. Like it was like 14, like 14, 16 hours a day working, like nonstop, complete intensity, problem solving. There's a problem here. There's a problem there. There's a problem there. It was really intense. Okay. Um, how are you perceiving that? So I started perceiving this as I'm getting trained to be an amazing CEO, badass boss bitch. Okay. I'm not going to business school. I'm not like, you know, doing these things. I am getting pummeled, getting a PhD in business and spirituality and life. Okay. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. But am I excited to freaking take what I've learned and teach other people that to write books, to coach people, to be an inspiration for people to show them you can change your life. If you don't like it, Stop complaining about it and start dreaming about what you'd like it to be. Get a coach. Doesn't need to be me. I don't care. <laughs> like, but get somebody to lead you because you go faster with a coach. You go faster with somebody telling you, listen, I think it might be some limiting perspectives you're thinking in your life. Like it's hard for us to see our limitations. It's hard for me to see my own limitations. It's easier from somebody outside to be like, it's funny that I, I used to tell myself all the time, for instance, oh, I need to get better about discipline. I'm really undisciplined and I do need to work more on discipline. However, I've been extremely disciplined in running my businesses, in being a mother, in being a wife, in like being a spiritual pursuer. I have been disciplined. So we can, I can look at my life and be like, I'm not disciplined because like I don't do these discipline programs and I just quit. Or I can be like, I'm really disciplined on the things that I love and I'm passionate about. So what empowers you? Both of them are true. These, this, this is true and this is true, but it's, oh, I'm going to focus on what I am disciplined in. That's self-love. That's getting into the mindset of, of empowerment. And that's getting into the ability for us to change our lives. So that makes sense. It you makes can sense. Yin and yang. So yeah. why are we living in the darkness? Because yes, the dark exists, but yes, so does the light. And it's living in the light and the optimism and the curiosity rather than the judgment. So if something bad happens in our life. First of all, the story's not open, over, so it's never, we don't even know. But like, huh, I wonder why this is happening. This is curious rather than, oh no, man, I'm stuck in the mud and now I'm bad. You know, so those two different responses to life will take you completely different places. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. It brings up a, a question I was going to ask you, uh, which is I'm doing a mini series on the impact of coaching. Uh, talking about coaching specifically, and, and maybe we can connect on that level as well. The uh, the thing, you know, just to kind of to cap it and end today, to wrap it up today, because I feel like this conversation, I could love this for a long time. Um, you know, the, the, the secret it, to me in mastering mindset and, the, and empowering uh, that being empowered is the elevation of spiritual awareness, right? It is it is coming back to where, you know, what, what is it that's directing my mind, you know, and teaching people that we're more than just what we think our, our thoughts change all the time. And in fact, we can change our thoughts anytime that we want to, you know, we can direct our awareness, but that's a, that's a spiritual act. And, you know, I think internally, spiritually, we are born to be creative and curious and playful and all of these things. And then the mind kind of creates a lot of expectations and, you know, weaves a web of illusion. We get caught up in that. We lose our place. We feel disconnected and we're suffering. And so how do we get from that place? Well, we need to ask the right questions, involve the right people and make the right decisions and involving the right people. A lot of times that means find a mentor, find a coach, you know, plug into a group of fellowship somewhere where you're getting support, accountability and nourishment. You know, you're getting uh, not just spoon fed perspective, but you're getting 
taught how to take the reins of your own life, to be empowered. You know, that's, uh, it's not about having all of the answers. It's about helping people awaken to the realization that that wisdom is already there. You know, that guidance system is already there. You know, the answers already, you know, that is, uh, that's uh, an empowered perspective. And then uh, radical responsibility, like you said, just taking radical responsibility, you know, like I can't not take responsibility for anything. And then accepting, like we were talking about surrendering, accepting, uh, they're very synonymous to me, accepting the gift of life, just as it is, lose the illusion of imperfection, right? Yeah. Like, oh, uh, political chaos, the world's going, you know, hell in a hammock, all this kind of stuff. Yes. But could it be any other way? I mean, can you go back in time and like pluck out a molecule here, pluck out something there and then like change the course of the cosmos? No. Is it all being knit together by divine intent? I believe that it is. You know, it's it's what is divine intent? Divine intent is uh, it's a curious exploration of infinite potential. It's manifesting, you know, through me and you and everybody else, every bird and a bees, you know. Uh, so just awesome. And I feel so uh, fired up by the conversation. And I think that this is what, uh, this is what lifts the mood. This is what lifts the spirit. This is what lifts awareness is having conversations, connecting and sharing from the heart because your wisdom and your insight and what you've shared today is no doubt in my mind going to have a massive impact on people's lives. Somebody's going to hear that and be like, wow, you know, that is, uh, that's it. That's what I've been feeling or that's what I've been thinking or that's what I've been sensing. And, and now, yeah, yeah. That's how, uh, that's how God works. Right. I just got a message on my phone this morning from somebody I haven't talked to in over two years. And, uh, and she just said, you know, essentially we had had a conversation and I, I challenged her perspective and caused, I gave her, I asked her some questions that caused her to open her perspective a little bit. And, uh, and she's been thinking about that for two years and she come back and she said, I can't believe how much my perspective has changed based on those questions that you asked two years ago. And do you have any more resources for me to help me learn in that department? And I just thought, you know, you don't know who, we can't know who life we're going to touch. We can't know how we're going to impact the world. All we can do is honor our heart, honor God, honor the human condition, honor each other, honor the light. You know, um, you know, when I say namaste, I'm honoring the light, the divine presence within, you know, that that's the beauty of life, sharing our collective wisdom, sharing our lessons so that we can help each other grow together. So um, I just want to yeah. say thank you so much for taking the time to be here and share your light with me, with us today it has been truly an honor and a, uh, it's been a pleasure. I've enjoyed the heck out of the conversation. So me too. thank you so much. This was so fun. It really set my day straight. It's like anytime I, I, I am grateful for the opportunity. I know my day is going to be more high vibe because I am in tune with how brilliant and miraculous life is. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Emily, we'll do have a terrific day, a magical, mindful Monday. And yay. Uh, yay. And I look forward to talking soon. So I'll reach out yeah. and um, we'll take it from there. One we'll breath at a time. For sure. One breath at a time. Sounds amazing. Thank you so much, Zeus. Blessings. Okay. Wowzers, that was a super awesome conversation. I mean, covering everything from the convergence of science and spirituality to the uh, the life metaphor of surfing. You know that that I just I really enjoy it. It's amazing to hear the stories of the spiritual journey, other other people's spiritual experience, the wisdom, the insight, the lessons that life is teaching all of us, you know, what is life teaching you? When's the last time you pause to listen, to look around, to open your heart, to wonder, to be curious and playful and learn and grow and enjoy the gift of life just as it is and accept and surrender and then express and manifest and connect all of that good stuff. So it's just gold. This is heart level gold right here. And uh, I want to say thank you for taking the time being here. I hope the heck you're enjoying the heck out of it as much as I am. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share this conversation with your friends. And I will look forward to connecting with you again soon.